Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Today is March the 19th. This is a Tuesday recording. And, um, yeah, I just want to say thank you to everybody who uh, liked the pod last week. The Jets reaction, I got a lot of uh, insight on it. And uh, people really, I mean, it was it was really it was just like a spur-of-the-moment thing. So people really liked us hearing, uh, I guess, at least one Jet fan's reaction to the signing of Le'Veon Bell. And I just wanted to... Before we start the episode, just you know, say thanks to everybody. I'm glad they enjoyed it. And, you know, just keep uh, keep listening if you like it. And uh, please, if you listen, just you know, if you go on Apple Podcasts, please review, leave a review, and like rate it and subscribe because that would just help the pod get you know more recognition for that. So, uh, so today, like I said, today is uh, I think it's the third week of March. And uh, you know, last week was a big football week. I know baseball is starting to wind down into the regular season. But, you know, with all the signs that's going on in the NFL, it happens quick. It's not like MLB, well, you know, we're still waiting middle of March and there's still guys who haven't signed yet, i.e. Keuchel. But uh, the big news today, the big news today is Mike Trout signed, I guess he's going to sign a 12-year, $430 million deal, of a monster deal. And honestly, I mean... People argue about Machado, or they argue about uh, Harper, but he, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to argue about Trout. Trout deserves every penny. If you statistically look him up, he's like the best player since like Mickey Mantle. The guy's unbelievable. So, phenomenal athlete, deserves it. I'm very kind of surprised because, you know, when you like a team so much like us, and you hear that this kid, you know, still loves the Phillies and still talks to his dad about the Phillies and all that, it's just, it's kind of interesting that he would have just waited too I guess he doesn't want to leave the team in limbo, or maybe... Yeah, you never know what could happen to you in the game. You know, you could just... I mean, someone like that's not just going to lose it, I feel like. But someone could have you get injured. You never know. So, I mean, someone throws $430 million your way. I mean, I don't think we'll ever know that. So, he took it. And, uh, you know, that's a team that drafted him. He probably has an affinity for them. He probably loves it in L.A. You know, some people don't really want to come home sometimes and play. So, he's got a huge deal. Now, it's going to be up to the Angels to really try and build around the guy. I mean, he's only been to the playoffs one time. Uh, 2014, they were terrible. I think some somebody told me today, one of my boys told me he batted like 084. I mean, it was fucking five years ago, so I won't really give him shit for that. But they have not too much around them. They added Otani and, uh, you know, Simmons played shortstop. They have a couple guys there, but they really got to, like, start investing. I mean, that's a lot of money in one player. I guess that's like, what is it, $40 million a year, 35 a year, whatever it is. But that's, uh, I mean, yeah, that had to be in the back of his head that they were going to start building. I mean, they've been so bad so much that they shouldn't even have young talent coming up. But I'm on the tra- I'm on the Mike Trout in the playoffs train. You know, I want to see him get to the playoffs. We want to see the best players out there. So, congratulations to him. Big contract, and uh, away we go. Season's coming. They're saying actually that uh, Harvey's looking pretty dope, throwing 96, 90, uh, 97. Always gonna be a Harvey guy, no matter what. But I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. I don't know how well he's really gonna do, but. Uh, yeah, so also, what else going on? Oh, so had a fantasy baseball draft the other day. Let me preface this by I haven't played fantasy baseball since I was 13. I'm now about to be 30 years old. So as much as I know baseball, love baseball, there's definitely a lot of things I don't understand when it comes to fantasy. You know, and I don't really watch every game in the West. I'm really just I focus on the Mets. You know, I watch the Yankees a little bit. In my division mainly. But uh, yeah, it went pretty well, I'd say. I'd say that... Uh, yeah, we did all right. I had a partner in it. You've heard him before, my cousin Don. We got a little, little partnership going on for the team, so we'll see how it works out. But the one thing is, you know, when it comes to the Yankees, we drafted Aaron Hicks, 
and stupidly, we probably should have read the, the reviews on him, but it says, I guess he's going to start the season on the DL, and he's on the DL every friggin' year, so that kind of bit us in the ass. We'll see what happens with that. I think Hicks will be all right, and uh, actually, in my draft, one of the kids actually took Aaron Judge first. I'm embarrassed to say he's a relative of mine, but yes, yeah, he drafted Aaron Judge first, and Mike Trout felt it too, so... We'll take that for his worth. Who knows? I mean, I don't know much about face baseball, so I couldn't really discuss it with you, but I think Trout usually goes one. So, uh, <laughs> we, uh, oh, and for anyone wonder, we took Mookie Betts. So, Mookie, if you're listening, have a monster year, please. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, so on to the Yankees and the Mets. Uh, so, right now, we're like two weeks away. The big thing is the Mets right now. Pete Alonso and Dom Smith are battling for the first baseman job. Now, if you remember Dom Smith, he was a. I'll say was because supposedly he's cleaned it up, you know. He was a you know overweight top prospect that came in late, you know, showed up late his first big day spring training, didn't really show the effort. He just was not like he just didn't want it. And he, you know, he lost a lot of weight. Supposedly he had sleep apnea, they said, and he uh I mean who knows with the excuses, but he said that it was ruining, you know, he could never sleep, it was ruining his life, so he's fixed that. Came in the camp, you know, want to win a job. He's in shape, and he's just, like, hitting the shit out of the ball. I think he's batting over 400. It's really making it hard for, you know, not hard. I mean, I guess it's good to have as many guys you can hit. Unfortunately, we don't have a DH in the NL, which I would really be for. And, um, yeah, so he's batting over 400. Alonzo's uh, crushing the ball. I mean, some stupid scout last week put out a, a review saying that he doesn't think Alonzo's going to be any good. He doesn't see him hitting. He says he's only hitting fastballs and this and that. Meanwhile, the other day he hit a ball like 450 feet. It was a fucking curveball. So I don't know what the guy's talking about, but who knows? They know more than me, I guess, the scouts, right? The professionals. He uh, He's really, he's pressing the Mets hard. I mean, if they're going to, they, I mean, let's, let's be real. This is a business. So, yeah, Alonzo's 24. So in, I guess, five years, six years, he'll be 30. Nobody's giving out monster contracts to 30-year-olds, first basemans. But business-wise, they really should just sit him for two weeks because in two weeks, they get that extra year. I mean, if Dom Smith's hitting, it won't really affect him that much. But then you you have the Mets fans who make the argument that, oh, typical Mets, not about winning, you know, uh, worried about playing time and all that. But it's two weeks in the season. You know, it's not two months. It's not, a, it's not a half the year. It's two weeks. I mean, the Mets, if they're not good enough, the Mets around P. Alonso to be okay for two weeks without him, then... They fucking should just sit him down there all year because it'd be a waste of time. So as much as I want to see the kid come up, and I'm still very hesitant to be like, oh, Alonzo's a god, this and that. Like, I just want to see how he does still. They should just wait. Wait two weeks. Don Smith's hitting. And if it works out, I mean, you got one kid's a left and one kid's a right, and now you're looking at maybe platoon. I mean, hopefully Alonzo could hit everything. But uh, you know how that is in the majors nowadays. They, want to, they don't even go who's hot anymore. They just want to see, you know, what the matchups are. So maybe Don Smith earns a spot. And uh, side note, the stupidest thing ever just now. But as maybe you can hear, I'm not in a standstill spot for my podcast. I'm doing like a lot of things. And I literally just like went to my dark basement and looked to my left and saw a balloon and thought it was a person. I literally almost shit my pants just now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you ever get, I, I know people have that feeling. That was the scariest shit ever. That's a complete sidetrack. To the Yankees, they signed Gio Gonzalez today. He, uh... He's somebody I wanted the Mets to get. Because, let's be real, in the major leagues now, you don't just use five starters. Every, you're going to get injuries. You're going to get you know, off days. You're going to get tired arms. The Yankees are really set up well with that. I mean, their staff is not the best staff in the league. 
but they got depth. You know, they got the Loiza kid. I'm although with we'll get this every other, but the Loiza kid, the Sessa kid, they're all you know able to make some spot starts. The Mets spot starters are in their bullpen. You got Seth Lugo, you got Gazelman, but they're being relied on heavy to pitch in the bullpen. So I don't know, you know, what the Mets are thinking. They have Jason Vargas, who let's be real, he fucking sucks. Like he could pitch. You know, to a 3 5 oh, ERA, 4 ERA in spring training, but he fucking sucks. Like, if that's your five starter, it's fine, but they tell me the Mets couldn't use Gio Gonzalez. The guy's made 30 starts every year for like, I think, 10 years. He's consistent. He's not uh, Jake DeGrom, but he's consistent. So the Yankees were smart. They see the writing on the wall with, uh, they see the writing on the wall with, um, what's his name? Oh, Severino. I guess Sabathia is starting on the DL or he's starting out slow or something like that they're talking about. And they're going to, you know, they're bringing him in. I think he has like an opt-out by April 20th. So that's the thing. Like he's making like $3 million. And then I read that he actually gets $300,000 a start after that. So he actually would make, if you do like the math with starts, his contracts would be like a year, $12 million, which is basically fair value, you know? So the Yankees are proactive as they always are. Great move for them. April 20th comes, Severino's fine, nothing wrong with his shoulder, they tell him, listen, thanks but no thanks, he moves on, maybe the Mets sign him, but Gio Gonzalez, for sure, is a solid sign for the Yankees, they need the depth, I mean, every every team needs the depth, can't hate it, he, uh, you're not expecting him to go, you know, pitch uh, game one of the World Series, you just want him to go out there and give you innings, he bit 200 innings every year, 30 stars every year, the guy's a good pitcher, he's solid, and that's, I mean, something I guess the Mets didn't think they needed, they have Jason Vargas, so... They have nothing to worry about. And then after that, they really have nothing else in their farm system. So the Mets are thin, and I'm worried about that. I'm excited for the season coming up. I'm very, actually very happy Trout signing with the Angels because now I don't got to sweat. I was actually sweating like in two years having to face Harper and Trout back-to-back. So that's actually good. Spread the wealth. I don't like too many guys on one team. But, uh, that, yeah, so that brings the – that whole Trout thing brings the conversation to really like – we were talk, I was talking about this with a couple people before is – how much Aaron Judge is going to make when he gets a contract? Now, I don't personally, I know money goes up, but I just, I mean, Trout's the best, like far and away the best player in baseball. So I don't know if he'll make more than him. I mean, it is the Yankees this and that, but it's possible. But he's definitely making more than Harper. I mean, I don't want to go too into it because, you know, he still has three more years of arbitration. But if that kid hits the way he's hitting right now spring training, oh, my God. I, listen, as you, you've heard me before, I'm not the biggest Yankee fan. I'm not a... Apologist for them. I'm not anything. I don't really like them. Oh, you could say hater a little bit, but I, you know, I say I call it how it is. Aaron Judge, it's hard to hate. It really is hard to hate Aaron Judge. He's like, he's awesome. Something I wish we had. Hopefully, P. Alonzo will be like that. Guy's a cool guy. And I just want to see him succeed, honestly. You really do. I don't want to see the Yankees win, but he doesn't have that, like, even like Jeter. Like, he respected Jeter. But all the other guys you kind of fucking hated, but Jeter respect. He's kind of got that, like, Jeter, that Jeter swag, so. The Yankees are in good position right now. They're going to start the season. Although, let's be real. If they start the season without Seve, he said at least May. Now, all the Yankees fans can say whatever they want, but Tanaka and, you know, Big Maple and all those guys. But Luis Severino's race. I mean, they paid him to be an ace. Now, everyone said, yeah, at least it's not Tommy John. And that's true. At least it's not Tommy John. But some, you know, if you look it up, some doctors say shoulders are worse than elbows. Elbows, they know how to repair. Shoulders... They're, I mean, Johan Santana had that problem. A lot of guys have that problem. It is a lot harder to come back from. I'm not saying he has a major injury, 
But to hear someone say at least May and then, you know, discomfort, it, it kind of makes you wonder. Like, we talked about this on the pod when Severino got his contract. Like, I'm not saying he fleeced the Yankees, but did he know maybe something was going on in that shoulder? He wasn't feeling right, so they jumped. Cashman happened to make an offer, and they jumped at it. All right, so before we get into uh, some baseball, I forgot. I mean, forgot. I mean, it's not like when I was in high school, I used to follow this shit all the time, but March Madness is upon us. Uh, everybody's got a bracket. Everybody's an expert. Although, you know, what does everybody know? They know Zion Williamson, and that's it. So let's talk a little, you know, March Madness, college basketball real quick. We'll get into a lot of things that went on today with baseball, some stories that went on with Jeter and Cashman, all different. We got a little, little bit of Yan- a lot of Yankee stuff today. So let's get into March Madness first. Uh, just so we know, all disclosure, today's Wednesday. I am recording the podcast late. I have to go to work today. I wasn't able to finish it up yesterday. So I had FDU winning. I actually went to Philly Dickinson. Uh, that's my alma mater. I went to the smaller campus, not the big campus, but I had them winning last night advancing. I also had uh, Belmont being Temple. I just something. About, I think Belmont had like upsets like years ago, so I just picked them for no reason. I not like I knew anything. Um, St. John's plays tonight. They're playing Arizona State. Uh, listen, who knows? St. John's been so up and down all year. Would I like to see them win? Yeah, because it's St. John's. Local team, local flavor. I'm going to say they'll win. Um, who knows if they win? And I'll take... Uh, who else is... Uh, we got? And I'll take North Dakota State. See what happens with them. I want to give you my brackets. I guess I'll give you the whole bracket. I'll just run it down quick. Uh, we'll go start with the East. Uh, we're going to go... I'll just give you the winners. Of the, you know, I'll give you the winners as I go down. So give me Duke, VCU, uh, Mississippi State, St. Louis, Maryland, Yale, Minnesota, Michigan State, and that's for the East. Then in winners would be Duke, Mississippi State, Maryland, Michigan State, Duke, Mich- Michigan State in the Elite Eight. Duke goes to the Final Four. Uh, so a couple upsets in there. Uh, we got the West. I'm going to take Zaga versus Cuse. Murray State, yep, beating Marquette versus uh, Florida State. St. John's, hopefully they're there, playing Texas Tech. Uh, Nevada playing Michigan. Then we're going to have in the Sweet 16, Gonzaga versus Florida State. We're going to have Texas Tech versus Michigan. Sorry, I don't think St. John's makes it. uh, They'll win a couple games. I don't think they'll make it any further than that. Uh... Then we'll have uh, Florida State with the big upset over Zaga. Going to play Michigan in the lead eight, and they're going to go to the final four, Michigan. So we're going to have Duke, Michigan on one side of the bracket. The other bracket, I'll have Virginia, Ole Miss, uh, Oregon, UC Irvine, uh, St. Mary's versus Purdue, Iowa versus Tennessee, Virginia, Oregon, St. Mary's, Tennessee, Tennessee, Virginia in the lead eight, and we'll go with Virginia in the final four. And they're going, you know, they're going to get overlooked this year, Virginia. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the country, but with the whole like, you know, Zion coming back and those great games against North Carolina. Now North Carolina really got pumped up, so they're kind of, I don't know, about flying under the radar, but their bracket's not the hardest bracket. So if they can get to that uh, final against Tennessee, was actually a really good team. That'd be a really good game, but I think they're going to get to that final four. Um, and then the final bracket, Midwest, give me North Carolina, Washington, New Mexico State. A lot of upsets I have in the five twelve. Yeah, 512, I think I have all upsets, actually. No, three. Yeah, I have three upsets in the 512. Yeah, so North Carolina, Washington, New Mexico State. 
versus Kansas, Ohio State, Houston, Seton Hall versus Kentucky. Uh, I really like Seton Hall this year. I think Seton Hall is actually going to beat Kentucky. Uh, we're going to have Houston versus Seton Hall, North Carolina versus Kansas. Then we're going to have in the Elite Eight, North Carolina versus Seton Hall. Seton Hall is going to make a run to the Elite Eight this year. And if you're a betting man, I think the line is minus one point in that uh, first game against Wolford. Uh, take Seton Hall, man. They're going to win that game. They definitely win that first game, I'm telling you. Uh, unfortunately for them, they're not beating North Carolina. Final four is going to be Duke, Michigan, Virginia, North Carolina. And give me uh, final. Uh, the final will be Michigan. Yep, Michigan's going to upset Duke. And it's going to be Michigan, North Carolina with North Carolina winning it. So that's my bracket. Take it for what it's worth. Fucking same as everybody else's. Worth nothing. And that's that. So that's March Madness quickly. And now let's get into some baseball. Uh, let's talk some Yankees. Uh, so today there was some interesting stuff they were talking about on the radio. I uh, heard that. So I guess with Cashman and Jeter, uh, there's a book coming out. I think by Bob Clappish. Uh, I probably should have got the name of it for you. <laughs> Look up on my computer when I'm talking. Uh, it was called... I don't know what it's called. Whatever. So they were talking about... The book is about... It goes during the time that Jeter was coming up for his contract, I believe. And remember, there was like a little quarrel between Jeter and Cashman, I remember. I don't know if he wanted like so much money or I don't remember how like... I mean, obviously, I didn't follow too closely because, I mean, one, I really didn't care too much. But they were... T- I think... Oh, that was a quote. Uh, oh, okay. So it was called... Why not give it a name? What the... Oh, Inside the Empire, it's called. The book's called Inside the Empire, The True Power Behind the New York Yankees. So uh, it was about like a bunch of prominent officials in the Yankees, including, including like, uh, you know, John Carl Stan had a lot. Of, John Carl Stan had some quotes in it, cash. But they actually like interviewed for this book. So they said things about Jeter, not some nice things about Jeter. <laughs> um, I guess what happened was the main part, Jeter wanted a new contract. Contract was coming up. He expected a certain amount of money, a certain amount of deals, a certain amount of respect. Cashman offered his... I mean, the game is off. I think it was $200 million, whatever it was. Uh, Jeter actually shopped himself to other teams. It's like a fact. No other teams are willing to come even close to the Yankees' offer. Uh, they had an actual meeting, and uh, he said... Cashman, Cashman, I'll tell you what, he's got some big fucking balls... He told Jeter, uh, he's like, am I going to have to keep bidding against myself? Because I guess you offered him a fair deal. And Jeter said, well, who the fuck are you going to have play for the Yankees? Who's going to play shortstop for the Yankees? And Cashman pulled out a list and started naming names off the list. <laughs> and one of them was uh, Tula Whiskey. So he wasn't like, he didn't give a fuck. Like, him and Jeter had a very rocky relationship, I guess. And uh, I guess Jeter, I'm looking at some of these quotes. This is what Cashman said. Let me read some of these quotes. Cashman said, New York Yankees legend. And current Miami Marlins part owner, Derek Jeter, did a good job of pissing everyone off upon taking control of the Florida franchise, including one ordering the team star after to take a fucking deal or you'll be stuck here forever. Take the fucking deal, you'll be stuck here forever. That's what he told <laughs> Joe Collins Stanton Jeter. Tension between the Jeter and the Marlins star slugger came to head shortly before 2017 blockbuster trade. So it's by Bob Clashes, Clappish and Paul Sauteroff. So, I guess Jeter, you know, being the star he is, I guess he knew when he took the team over, you know, Stan wasn't in the plan, so he didn't even bother meeting Stan. Didn't take him to dinner, didn't call him, and it wasn't really Stan who wanted out. Jeter's the one that wanted him out, and 
I understand, like, he's not in your plans, but it probably would have made sense to maybe, like, build a relationship with the guy because he had no trade clause. So, really, he got forced to only a couple teams. It was really, fuck you. All right, you want to talk to me? I'll choose what teams I want to go to. The Yankees, the Dodgers. They really fucking killed themselves in the whole, uh, you know, prospect chase. So, they're saying here that reveals Jeter, who became part owner in 2017, with a 4% stake, blah, blah, blah. Didn't even call Stanton when he won the MVP award. Also, it didn't meet with him after buying the franchise. It was one of the first singles to offer that, that something wasn't right. I was ready for the worst, which it which it was, Stanton said. It's how you want to treat someone. There's no playing nice. I had that I had had more than enough. Jesus Christ. I mean, I guess, you know, Stan an insider revealed to all that Stanton was ordered by Gia to take the fucking deal with the fucking <laughs> San Fran Giants or St. Louis Cardinals. I promise you I'm trading everyone around you and you'll be stuck here forever. Stan had three days to three days to agree to Gia's order, but when the ultimatum didn't work, Miami blinked. Miami was ultimately forced to take a financial hit financially due to the large contract trading Stan to one of the preferred locations. But Gita did not direct deal directly with Cash, who oversaw Gita when he played for the team. Wow. Gita did a good job pissing everybody off. I'm sure the guys at MLB now are scratching their heads thinking, what the fuck do we do by selecting him? Holy shit. So I get you know what? Seems always hunky dory when the guys are playing and they suck each other's asses and he's getting game winning base hits and you know who am I to say who's right who's wrong here? But that's pretty crazy. I mean that's like that's a major indictment on I mean Gita's running this team, but that's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. I mean usually the greats don't do well in management positions. You know, look at Gretzky, not a great not a great uh, coach. Singletary, Bart Scott said today, one of the worst coaches you've ever seen. Uh, I mean, there's been a couple good ones too, but like, like Larry Bird, Jerry West have been good, but like mostly the best players don't make the best coaches or GMs or front office because they say that you know they were so good they expect they just expect you to be able to do or you know perform the way they want you to or they did because they were you know they could do it so easily, but. And like I said, Bart Scott was talking about today. He's like, well, you know, I'm not Mike Singletary or you're not Derek Jeter. Like, you can't just do what they did. You don't have their skill sets. So they don't always become the best. So, I mean, I'm on, the jury's out on Jeter. Who knows what he's thinking? But a lot of these excerpts, they don't make them look too good. They really don't. And uh, got to give them time, obviously, but that's pretty fucking, that's pretty crazy. There's no excerpts here about the, uh, uh, actually, there's the Yankees went to 100 games. See anything about now? Well, what they were talking about there in the radio that's the whole story about how basically you know Jeter blinked, and that I don't know if that kind of sullied his reputation with Cashman. Uh, Cashman threw him that deal. I basically told him I'm giving you a charity deal when you know Jeter was getting older. He thought he deserved to be, and supposedly he thought he deserved to be treated like a king, which honestly he did because I mean, all the titles he won them, the clutchness like, come on, the guy's royalty. But you're going to show you once it's over, it's over. So also with the Yankees today, uh, Dylan Betances, who, yes, I did draft him on my fantasy team, is headed to the DL. He's throwing like fucking 92 miles per hour. He said, oh, everybody talks about my arm every year. It's the same thing. I'll be back. Well, guess what? You're not back because you're on the fucking DL because he has a, I think a shoulder impingement or something. So at least they diagnosed it. Hopefully he'll be back soon. I mean, if there's any, t- I mean, the Yankees have a bunch of little injuries all over the place. I mean, Aaron Hicks on the DL too. Also on my fantasy team, no big deal. Uh, they if, it, if there's anyone that can take you know injuries to the bullpen, it's the Yankees. The Yankees are fucking loaded in there. I mean, Chad Green can always step in there, I guess. 
who else they got? They got the lefty they signed. They got the kid uh, who can strike out Babe Ruth, fucking uh, out of Vino. Uh, which is, that's a pretty funny thing. If anyone's heard that during the offseason, before he was signed by the Yankees, they said, if you face Babe Ruth, you know, how would it go? And he said, I would strike him out easily. And that, I mean, coming to New York, that just sets you up like for, I mean, the one night he gets up there and he gives up a home run to like Michael Bradley or some shit, they're going to be like, oh, you can strike Babe Ruth out. We can't strike this fucking guy out. So we'll see what happens. But uh, he definitely set himself up nice for that. But he could, you know, he could take over for Betances. So hopefully nothing serious. And I guess Severino was thrown today also. So it looks like Sevy's not, you know, not as serious as people were making out to me. Which is really good for the Yankees. They're going to need that. Without Sevy, they're going to be, you know, they'll be in trouble. That's their ace. Uh, who else? They said also two Hicks with the back. They just gave him a contract. I mean, Betances is going to be interesting to see now because... Supposedly they were looking to sign him to an extension, but uh, you know, with an in, not an injury, but with a hiccup like this, maybe they're gonna wait on that. Who knows? The Yankees don't really. Uh, I don't think they're really sweating it. Supposedly they said it's just precautionary. So let's see what happens with that. I know that they were talking about today a lot. Uh, Aaron Judge, he's on fucking absolute fire. Even, I mean, Stanton, I suppose he's been hitting a little bit in spring, but Judge is such fire right now that no joke, Stanton could be like the fucking man behind. And you know what? Maybe he'll want out of here because who knows his personality, this guy, but the way Judge is hitting, guy's unbelievable. I mean, the guy's top three. He's becoming a top three player in baseball if he's not already. So we'll see, you know, what he brings to the table this year without injury and stuff, but the guy cannot, you can't get the guy out. He is scary. Scary good, man. And, and you know what else, too? With the catcher, El Gary, that lineup, I mean, I look at this this way, because I'm looking at it like fancy-wise, too. Everyone's talking about the catcher, and like he batted 160, whatever. Let's like, let's be real. No one, that that's some things that just happen or flukes. There's no way that guy is going to bat 160 again this year. That was a fluke thing that happened last year. Never going to happen again. He's going to come out. He, the guy hits. Maybe he's not the best catcher in the world. But that guy can hit. He broke records when he came up. He probably just had a, you know, he got to a bad streak. He was a little hurt. He'll be all right. But that, the lineup, if you think of that lineup when they're all hitting, it's ridiculous. Like, that has to be fucking so scary to go against. And the Sox with their bullpen and their pitching right now, it's not what it was last year. It's not like they lost too much, but I mean, they lost Kimbrell, but everything just fell right for them last year. The Yankees are in good position. They'll be all right. They're looking at. I guess they're looking at uh, Garner's going to play for Hicks now. For now, I mean, one person I really wanted to, I mean, the one person I really did want to see, like, perform well was Clint Frazier. You know, he saves he's going to take the bull by the horns and, you know, take the job, but he just has not been hitting, I guess. And uh, it's unfortunate because, you know, he, he's come back from a serious concussion injury that uh, if you read the story they had on him, it was pretty scary. Like, he'd be driving places, he wouldn't, and then he, all of a sudden he wouldn't even realize how he got there. Uh, just all different, like like severe concussion, like so very bad, and uh, didn't know if he's ever gonna play again. Like he has to like when he goes to concerts and shit, he has to stand by the speakers because he needs he needs to like stand by loud stuff. Like you think it'd be the opposite, he needs to get his like, brain used to, uh, you know, seventy thousand people yelling and shit. It's just hopefully the kid works it out. Probably end up with the minors. Hopefully he works it out. Tyler Wade stinks. So everybody says Tyler Wade's good. The guy fucking stinks. Can't hit professional hitting, but I guess he'll be up with the Yankees too. So who knows what happen with that? Uh, when it comes to you know the season preview for that, the Rays won 90 games last year. They're probably gonna decline a little bit. 
the Sox are going to decline a little bit. That, I mean, last year was just like unbelievable. The Yankees are in a great position. If their pitchers stay healthy, which let's be real, until they prove it, the starting staff is the weakness. You could talk about Big Maple and Tanaka, all these guys, but these are all guys that come with injury prehistory. You know, every one of them have injury history, especially if Sevy's, you know, hurt, although he's pitching today, they said. It's going to be interesting to see how many games the Yankees win. I mean, the sky's the limit. They could be the, they could be the Red Sox this year. But uh, when it comes to October, you know, comes the pitching. So interesting to see what they're going to do. Uh, we're looking at uh, Mets today, too. They have put, I believe they put DeGrom, Thor, and Wheeler. I don't think they're going to pitch another game. They're just going to pitch uh, simulated games. Keep them fresh. I think they start on the 30th, which is a Saturday. They have a weekend series. He's a Friday, Sunday. I know last night, or was it last night or tonight, the Mariners are playing in Japan. I don't think they played yet. They're playing in Japan. They play uh, Oakland. So really, baseball started already, and now you know. After a while, fucking spring training, I can't watch anymore. I can't, I can't look at it on TV. I can't talk about it anymore. Honestly, it's a struggle to even like get on the podcast and talk about it because what else are we gonna talk about? How many more hits can I talk about Peter Alonso getting, or if he's gonna be the real deal, or fucking uh, what the Mets need to do, or who needs to stay healthy, or who's hurt on the like? Just once the season starts, it'd be a lot easier. We'll do some recaps of the series they're in, how guys are doing, how they're performing. Uh, Definitely be a lot easier. Because right now, I mean, the NBA stinks. The Knicks stink, obviously. March Madness is starting, but I mean, you really have to be like a diehard or a degenerate to fucking like March Madness. So, right around the corner. Football free agency is passed. We're in like the second, you know, second layer of guys getting signed and shit. So, we'll see what happens with the Jets and the Giants. But, uh... Yeah, with that is actually because I'm, I'm happy to have ESPN on right now. They're talking about uh, Dwayne Haskins, and uh, I don't have to talk a lot of Giants. I'm I'm not a Giant hater. I'll put that out there right there. I actually do not care if the Giants win or lose. I actually root for them both Super Bowls because I hate the Patriots more than life. Uh, you know, I'm just like whatever the Giants. Eh, you know, I'll watch them on TV. I have no hate for them like I do for the Yankees. They got to let Eli go. There's no way in the world this guy should still be quarterback for them. I don't know what the fuck he has on this owner or the, he has pictures or something because how they, what they're doing to that team makes no sense. It really doesn't. We'll see what happens. I know that today they talked about he uh, they sent the, the Gettleman, the owner, Gettleman, and somebody else, among other people, went to see Dwayne Haskins today at Ohio State. And... I guess they loved, they talked to him, they loved him. I mean, they just picked up Eli's, like, extension or whatever it was, like $10 million or They just paid him a lot of money. So he's not getting cut this year, Eli. So I guess if they were to somehow draft Haskins, he would be uh, sitting on the bench this year. I guess he'd be riding the bench one more year. The Giants have a lot of options. Uh, you know, let's dive into it. Listen, if I'm a Giant fan, for me, personally, I don't – I don't hate Dwayne Haskins, but I don't love him. He's at Ohio State. I don't love Ohio State quarterbacks. He only played one year. Yeah, he's got a huge arm, but he's young. He's raw. Could be something. I'm not saying he can't be. I just, I'm not a huge fan of him. Murray's going one. I'm not a huge fan of Kyle Murray either. But he's probably going one. So I don't think the Giants are going to be unrealistic about that. I will say, you know, if he does get picked one, Josh Rosen's, I mean, that is a real, that should be a real. A real possibility for the Giants. And you know what, Giant fans? As bad as you want to jump off the bridge right now, just check it this way. 
you know, Beckham's gone, but fucking guys, such a dick. I wouldn't want, honestly, I'd want on my team, obviously, because I'm a Jeff fan, I need the talent. But this fucking guy's an asshole. I mean, you had to be exhausted. Fucking, how you get paid all that money to go on TV and fucking complain? Like, you're a jerk off. And that's, the, you can do that shit in Cleveland, you ain't doing that shit here. And the owner of the Giants, he ain't fucking around either. So, if they can say all they want, football decision, they couldn't wait to ship his ass out of here. So, yeah, he lost the best receiver in football. But, listen, receivers don't win you Super Bowls. They win you games, yeah. But you look at the last 10 Super Bowl champions, wide receiver to me is the least position that's going to win you a title. It starts in the trenches. Go, It's the quarterback. It's in the trenches. Then you go to cornerback. And then you can pick after that whatever order you want. The Giants, if they're smart, this is my view, they should go get Josh Rosen. You trade a third-round pick for him. I personally think Josh Rosen, I don't think he's I don't think he's better than Sam Donald. I don't think he's better than Mayfield. I think he could be a pretty good quarterback. I liked him out of college. I actually wanted the Jets to draft him. I didn't think the Jets were going to get Sam Donald, so Rosen was my guy. I actually didn't even, like, I knew enough about Donald, but I didn't even pay attention to him. So when they even drafted Donald, I was like, oh, man, fuck, I wanted Rosen. But, I mean, I, I didn't even fucking pay attention to the guy. I didn't think it was going to be a three. So Rosen played behind the worst offensive line in history last year. The guy got fucking abused. He looked like David Carr back there. They got the most sacks ever. He got abused. On a shit team with a shit coach that got fired after one year. People giving up at him already, it's hilarious. I mean, yeah, me, listen, maybe he won't make it to be anything. The guy was fucking, he was a top 10 pick, was he number 11? The Giants, if all you got to trade is a third round pick for him, you bring him in, right? I mean, obviously he's not starting this year because they, I mean, the Giants are retarded. They fucking gave Eli's money, which I don't understand. They should have got rid of him. But if you're bringing Rosen in, you bring him in, Eli's starting, I guess. Rosen, you know, he started last year, so what? You sit down, you sit behind Eli, still only 24 years old. You learn from, you know, a quarterback similar to himself, lesser of an arm, but still, he thought he could be going to the Giants last year. And maybe he comes in halfway through the year, he starts season after that. That's contingent of them not drafting a quarterback then. Now, if you get Rosen, you know, you have Barkley, you have Shepard, you got Ingram. They have a pretty good offense. They fix the offensive line. They got to fix that defense. It's going to take more than a year to fix it. But if he is the real deal and it's only a third-round pick, now you got two first-round picks this year. You would have Barkley, a first-round pick, and you had Rosen, who was also a first-round pick. You would have added, really, it's like you would have had two picks in that draft and you're adding two more first-round talent. To me, that's the dream scenario for the Giants. You get Rosen, you got Barkley, and you add with the first-round picks. The team could definitely compete. It. I don't think they're competing this year, but you could definitely be back next year competing. That's with the Rosen scenario. If you go get a rookie quarterback, Haskins, you got to you know you have to use the number one pick. So you might even have to trade down. So the Giants aren't getting them at seventeen. Do the Giants want to really trade one of those first-round picks? No, they have so much to add. So it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. Is Haskins gonna be there at seven? I think they're seven or no, six. I don't know if he'll be there at six. Uh, I know, you know the Jaguars don't really need a quarterback anymore, but it's the Jaguars. Who fucking knows? Maybe they'll draft the quarterback anyways. Do they really believe in Foles that much? And who trades ahead of you? You know, that's all. That's, all, that's the question the Giants can have asked themselves. For, for me, I would not waste that pick on a quarterback. You got fucking studs coming out next year. You got uh, Tua coming out next year. After that, you got the kid from Clemson the year after that. Go get Rosen. See what he is. You make a decision. You know, go into the draft next year if they think he's the real deal or not. And that's it. The Giants be back. I think it's a little overblown how bad they think everything's going. Yeah, you Landon Collins left. I mean, they got Jabril Peppers back. Is he the same as Collins? Let's be real. Landon Collins not the really that great fucking safety. 
Like, yeah, he's he made the Pro Bowl and shit, but what does that mean? Look at him play. He's not a great coverage safety. He's an in-the-box in guy. I mean, he's not as versatile. Like, you think a guy like Jamal Adams? He is no Jamal Adams. I'm sorry, and this is not being a homer. Jamal Adams does everything. J Collins cannot cover, couldn't cover me on the fucking field. So let's take it easy. You want to give the guy fucking $80 million like they did? No shot. So they got rid of him. Maybe it was someone his attitude. Who knows? You know, they got rid of uh, Olivier Vernon. Everybody's flipping out. Olivier Vernon was hurt the whole, whole career with the Giants. He fucking stinks. He's hurt all the time. Okay, and if he's not hurt this year, he has a great year. Big deal. You tell me that's a big deal. The Giants got rid of him. They got to start a guard for him. That was a terrible deal. I think it's very overblown what's going on with the Giants because of Odell and that, but no way. It's not bad. They'll be all right. They'll be fine with that shit. They just got to fucking, you know, build the defense. The defense stinks. They got rid of Snacks Harrison, which was a move I did not understand for a fifth-round pick. That was crazy to me. Snacks I love. He, he, you know, he's a grinder, so. But the Giants are in good position. So we'll see what happens with them. Right now, I'm not saying anything. But, you know, the Jets are the hot topic. Although, let's be real. I love what the Jets did. You heard me last week when they signed Bell. He's all over the place talking about the Jets, how much he wants to be a Jet, this and that. I'm not one to buy the whole, I was a Jeff fan when I was a kid, Chris Martin. Listen, you would have went where you got the most money. We understand how business works. Love how he is now. The Jets need a lot more. You know, the Jets right now, they could be a playoff team with what they have, but it's very surprising that they haven't made any more moves. You know, they should have signed Justin Houston. He's still out there. It's just very surprised. It's very worried that the Jets have just pretty much, they stole like $40 million and they're just kind of sitting on it and not signing, you know, positions of need. So it's, uh, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens this week, Mikey Mack, but I'm not once again so excited about that. You can't just go into the draft and get one edge rusher and expect that you're the edge rusher. He's a rookie. He's going to be a rookie. He's going to, you don't know what it's going to be. You should be filling that spot with fucking multiple people. You don't just go get one guy. Like, even with, uh, with the receivers, we signed uh, Crowder. It's great. But you tell me we could go sign fucking somebody else. Like, why do you only have to fill one? You should be filling as many as you can. Look at the Patriots. They throw as many guys on the field as possible. Look at the top defenses in the league. Edge rushers. They just, the fucking Chiefs just had a hundred of them. They got rid of all of them, basically. But they fucking rush like crazy. Not one guy. Henry Anderson got resigned by the Jets. He's a solid guy. I don't think he's a fucking 20 sack guy. But I guess the Jets do. I don't know. They gave him a good contract. Leonard Williams. Hasn't been what we want him to be after the draft. You know, after he got drafted. He's looking like he's fucking a linebacker on his Instagram story. He's looking like he lost 100 pounds. I don't know what position he thinks he's playing, but we'll see. Maybe he gets lean. He starts getting around the edge. But when it comes to the Jets, Giants, Jets, I think, definitely are trending up. I don't think that's bad it is for the Giants. It's not that bad. So everyone calm the fuck down. Uh, so with that, yeah, so that's that. We're coming up on season for baseball. As the season comes on, I would love to have on, you know, recaps of every series. It will probably we might do a two podcast a week thing, maybe one one a week. I wanted to get to some. Actually, I got a lot of DMs this week for the reactions list from last week. Uh, and I, yeah, I wanted to say I know I opened it up that way, but seriously, thank you for you know appreciate you liking the uh, the podcast. It was uh it was just spur of the moment thing. So let me get some of these DMs or answer some questions real quick. That's all I wanted to do this episode. Okay, Twitter, 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 Twitter. All right, so, what do I think? So I don't know if I should say people's names or shit, though. That's the thing, like, I might as well shoot somebody out. Okay, we got, on Instagram, D, D Harrison, I, I, I. 
So what do I think this what do I think what do you think Le'Veon Bell's stats will be this year and will he win the MVP? Okay, so I mean thank you for the question, but like uh, Romax's not gonna win MVP in the NFL, it's not happening. Romax don't win MVP. I don't even know when the last time that was. It's always quarterbacks. Uh what I think his stats are gonna be. Uh, hopefully fucking better than well last time he played. So I think he's going to have a great year. I think he's motivated. He's happy he got his money. He's going to fucking just come out. He's going to dominate. I think he's going to have almost, you know, hopefully he'll have 80 catches. I really think Sam's going to just feed the shit out of him. 80 catches over, you know, 1,200 yards rushing. And let's hope he gets at least 10 TDs. We, you know, we need him to score. So how about this? Let's we'll see what that. Uh, let's see. Janone. Janone. 2. How many wins the Jets get this year? The over-under six and a half. Okay, uh, I don't know if that's actually true. I mean, how could the over? I don't even know if the over unders are out yet. Six and a half would be like insanely low. I wouldn't fucking take that right now over. Uh, the Jets right now before the draft, looking at their schedule, I would say the Jets are between uh, eight and ten wins right now. Eight and ten wins. So if that's actually true, six and a half, there's no way I would, I would, I'm going to look that up after I get off and fucking hit that heavy. Uh, another question. Got a couple more. Uh, let me see. One way, Dre. One way, Dre. Do you think the Jets should add Preston Smith? Well, he's already signed, so this must be an old question. Preston Smith, Justin Houston, or just wait for the draft? Well, I just said this all. Justin Houston, like, definitely. I don't know why the Jets don't even look at him. I mean, who knows what the internal, you know, discussions are about that stuff. But the Jets can use Justin Houston. The guy had fucking, like, 10 sacks, like, two years ago. He's been hurt a lot. I think he's had, like, more than 10 sacks the last two years. He's on, like, the top 10 list and shit. There's no excuse the Jets can't use him. So I don't want to hear about money. I don't hear about nothing. The Jets need an edge rusher. Go get him. Fucking do the the right thing. Please, if you listen to Mike McCagnan, do the right thing. Make us happier. Get us to the 10-win mark. Just have no shoes on the big clothes next year. So, bottom line. Let's see. Uh, Marvin DTTB with a smiley face. Who's playing center for the Jets this year? We have nothing. Okay. That's not really a question. It's just like a statement. But uh, I guess Harrison. I mean, the Jets are looking at multiple centers. I think they had a guy from the Eagles come out this week. Wisniski. Uh... I don't know, the Jets, honestly, the Jets should go draft one. I mean, they had a great draft with fucking Mangle and DeBrickshaw, and after that, they forgot to start drafting linemen. So, Jets better go out there and start targeting some linemen. I don't know what else they're going to, you know, I don't know what else they're going to do. That's the only way you build. You build through the drafts. You can't just keep signing linemen. It doesn't work that way. They added uh, Osamale or whatever, the guard. He's phenomenal, but they need a lot more talent. Uh, we'll go one more. One more, one more. Let me see. Uh, great podcast. Jay Boogie one. What is your, what do you think the Mets will win this year and the Yankees over under? Uh, I think we talked about this in one of the podcasts earlier. Uh, the Mets were, we did, I think the Mets were 84 and a half. Me and Dom did this. 84 and a half the Mets were. Uh, they've had a bunch of injury stuff, but you know, I'm still going to go with over. Uh, let's see. If it's 84 and a half, 85 and a half, I'm taking the Mets over still. And the Yankees, I think, were 90, like, something. Honestly, just give me the Yankees over. I don't even know. If they, even if they're 97, just give me the over. We'll see what happens. I think, honestly, if they stay healthy, there's no excuse for them not to uh, to win that many games. So, yeah. So, keep sending, you know, question, DMs. I, at the beginning, it wasn't really, you know, too much. But now it's been a, a good amount. So, I really appreciate it. You know, any question you want, you know, I'll, I'll shoot you on there. There's a bunch of people that actually want to be on. So, I'm thinking about somehow getting some of you guys on here. Just, uh... 
yeah, just keep asking questions. Give me your tag names, all that stuff. And uh, I'll try and do a day where maybe I'll get like some random people on or something. You know, just spread the wealth. Let you, uh, if you're disgruntled, let you, uh, you know, rant. Uh, like I said, guys, if you like the podcast, share it, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's very important. Just, you know, hit the like button, five star, five star review, write a review. Uh, really helps the podcast grow, you know, gets more, you know, gets more out there. And then, uh, it'd be easier for people to listen to it. So appreciate it. Next week, we're going to talk, uh, you know, next week's opening day. So we'll really be excited for the season. We'll see what happens and, uh, appreciate it. Stay at this everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.